Welcome to the first episode of Matter of Chai, a podcast where I, myself, Melinda, and me, Esther, <laughs> talk about books and other topics that take our fancy. Uh, main reason uh, that the podcast is called Matter of Chai is because tea is good and we enjoy it. Thank you. forget <laughs> yeah i no, can't forget i'm probably gonna start pacing the room because i'm like yes what do i say because your voice is gonna get further away further away closer, and closer. <laughs> because we're using an ipad and not an actual proper recording studio because those cost money mm-hmm. too much money we, we don't, don't have, have any of that <laughs> no okay so um first things first i need to stop saying um because that will take a lot out of this. And what you think about it, the harder it's going to be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. Goodreads challenge for the year. I haven't completed one. Um, I've had the app on my phone for years. I've had an account, I think, since 2014, 2013. That's around the same time I got mine, I think. Yeah, I've had one for a while, but I just haven't done it. This year I'm making a conscious effort to actually do it so I had it set as 25 but then I realized I want to read 100 books by the time I am by the time I'm 25 it was 50 and I thought that was a lot yeah it's 50 this year because I changed it but I if I only read 25 books this year that means I'd have to read 75 before October next year yeah so 50 is probably a reasonable amount that's it's less than one a week yeah, and especially like me, if I'm reading or I'm attempting to read more than one book at once, and it's more long silence. <laughs> well, it's it's manageable. easier. Yeah, manageable. Especially if you've got like an audio book on the go, or like short stories, or even graphic novels. It's easier, or at least it should be easier. What's your goal for the year? Um, my goal is currently, I think, just 10, 10 books, because that was what it was last year, and I, oh no, I've, it's been hard to get back into reading, mm. I think, when I first started, I always had a reading challenge, or you always said it, and I used to be around 30, 30 books, and I used to complete it for a couple of years, and then one year I just read, like, five books for the whole year, so now 10 is about yeah. what I aim for. I, th- I think I'm being a bit overly ambitious. But considering I have to read books for uni yeah. and articles for uni, I'm probably going to add those. I don't know if it's counted as cheating, the challenge, but it's still reading. I'm not adding the fan fiction I'm reading because they're not <laughs> technically books, even though some of them better than published books are way better. Yeah. I haven't really read anything in a long time though. I read too much. I need to stop. <laughs> keep nodding and I forget that doesn't translate yeah, into yeah. the podcast. If we were actually <laughs> recording our faces then that would make more sense but no, I keep nodding and yes, Probably this just is sounds good. like I'm not acknowledging you at all. Yeah, <laughs> no. We're acknowledging each other, it's just we're not used to recording just our voices or recording in general. So for this particular podcast we were going to 
primarily talk about books but probably will branch out into varying different topics that interest us like books tend to branch out into yeah video games movies tv shows the occasional history note or art note because something interesting yeah little bits and pieces from our own bank of knowledge (laughs) my bank of knowledge is pretty small (laughs) still a bank of knowledge even if it's only a bank account it's a bank of knowledge Last time we, I think we tried to record this this podcast, we were actually drinking yeah, tea. I tea. I can make tea for us if we. If you want I'm good with water at the moment. <laughs> just let me know. Yeah, uh, I think it's just too hot for for me anyway. At, at this at this point in time, too hot for tea. I have cold tea. That's a good point. I like cold tea. Tea is good. Just, just let me know. We'll do. We'll do. You've got it right next to you. You start with the book that you're currently reading. Okay, so... Or rereading in your case. Rereading. Um, so I have restarted The Raven Cycle by Maggie Stiefvater. It's one of my favourite bookshares ever. Like, it's, it's been a few years, though, since I read it. About, I think about five years since I read the first one, and I read the last one when it came out a couple of years ago. Um, but, yeah, she's just released a new book with one of the characters as the main character so I'm rereading it to read that one because I can't remember what happens in the end so <laughs> like I actually cannot remember what happens at the end of the series and so starting from scratch basically yeah. again but it feels like a treat because it feels like I haven't really read it before even though I know what's going to happen in some cases but I'm really enjoying it that's, like, that's good even better the second time around so unusual because sometimes I hate books when I read yeah it's odd because sometimes you'll reread something and you'll go why did I enjoy this in the first place but no I'm I'm loving it like it's it's so good (laughs) um I think it's the way she writes characters that draws me in so like sort of because I I haven't read anything by her in a really long time the last thing I read was um what the raven boys yeah but that was years ago and I don't even know if I actually finished it. Have you read anything else by her? Um, I tried reading the Scorpion races. Scorpio. Scorpio, Scorpio. <laughs> I, I, I haven't been able to I haven't been able to get into it and I oh, I was yeah. pretty young when I read that. Or tried to read it at least. So I've got them sitting on my shelf. Like I've got the first three in the Raven Cycle on my shelf. Just waiting for me to pick them up. I need to stop nodding. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's get you. It will get used to it eventually, um, hopefully. But the characters in this series just feel real. Yeah. Like, and that's not. It's not always that way. You really know. Like you feel like you know them, in a way. So they they actually feel like a real life person rather than just. It's it's strange to remind myself that these people don't exist. If that's <laughs> if that's a way of putting it. <laughs> um. So she's very very good at 
Jordan and if you like characterization and everything. Um, it often, it sometimes feels, it's weird reading these books because it feels like not a lot actually happens. But I think it's, it's it feels like relaxed the way that she's written it and it's yeah. very in, in tra- enchanting, entrancing, what am I trying to say? In, enchanting in, in, in one of those. trance. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. I can't (laughs) think of the word though. It um, it's soothing. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I want to describe it, and I don't know if that's just me, but it doesn't feel like a lot happens really when you read it and you look back at the plot and everything. But it doesn't feel that way when you're reading it. Yeah. Kind of everything flows really naturally, and it. I'm nodding. I, yeah. I can't help it. I'm nodding. <laughs> we both have to get used to not nodding, so yeah. But no, no, I know what you mean. It's a sort of flowing nicely rather yeah. than just sort of, oh, right, this is the action. Here it is. Oh, here's a plot piece or here's exactly. a character yeah. talking. It all just feels very, very natural. Like there's no other way it could go. Just And yeah, it's, it's hard for me to understand how she would even begin to write it because it just, it sounds... So well, complete, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, it, it does. Um, so the premise for the series is, well, well, actually it's hard to say, but <laughs> the, one of the main storylines is that there's this guy called Gansey and he's looking for a dead Welsh king called Owain Glendur. Excuse pronunciation. I did look up how to pronounce it. I keep reading it differently in the book because yeah. they write it different. I'll read it like Glendower. Yeah, yeah. But the way you're supposed to pronounce it is Glendour. It's like me saying Tintagal when it's Tintagal. <laughs> yeah. And I keep saying it all at Zine when it's Zine. But it's the... Just yeah. got to retrain your brain. Yeah, it's um, hard though. So he's an actual... Um, historical figure like in real life and I was looking into it he's yeah he read hang on wait he I'm losing my train of thought completely (laughs) no it's okay we can edit this um probably won't but we can (laughs) just like one long stream of just (laughs) yeah what is going on no it's good (laughs) um so he was a Welsh guy I can't remember if he was no he was I think he was fairly wealthy and um you know I've completely lost it now that's all right (laughs) we can we can redo that bit if you want basically he was the leader of the Welsh revolution against Mm. England yeah and um he wanted to kind of I think it was Henry the fourth he was trying to um fight against and lead the Welsh people because they were kind of having their rights taken away like the English, English like to yeah. do they, they were trying to take their land and their, and their um, honour I think and so he was he basically rose up and just said nah like, I'm not going to stand for this So and he got all these people behind him to back him and, mm. and um, he basically took the name Prince of Wales for himself that and, makes sense yeah and so he fought against that and kind of, I think it kind of worked. I can't remember what I was reading. But in the end, they um, they chased him like down or something. I can't remember how they got 
to go into hiding. Which is a and shame. they still don't know where he died. In so, in real life, not yeah, just in, in the real books. life. They ah. don't know where he died and and so the idea behind this book series is that um this guy Gansby's been looking for him because trying to find out where he died because there's this legend that whoever finds him and wakes him up will be granted a favour. Okay. Like some kind of magical, you know Yeah, yeah. Mystical favour. And so yeah, but it's not really about that for him. He's looking for for him because he wants something. I think he wants like magic. Oh, okay. Not exactly, but he wants he wants a quest or he wants so some sort of adventure some, that would give him something. Yeah, more. some kind of fulfillment. Yeah, it's not actually about the end. It's about it's about the adventure. The searching. Yeah, if yeah, that makes sense. No, that does. And um. And he has these friends, and they all go to this school called Aglianby. Aglianby? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's that weird one. trying to pronounce them out loud because <laughs> you read them and you go, oh, yeah, yeah that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, but when like, you actually oh, yeah, try and say it. About it until you try and say it. Yeah, until you try and say it, it doesn't, doesn't really compute. So they, go, they all go to this really um, elite school in this place called Henrietta, which is in Virginia, um, America. And, and his other friends. Yeah, they go there, and the school has like a raven as its crest, which is why it's called the Raven Boys because yeah. they all have their it's their school, school uniform. Yeah, um, but ravens are also supposed to be the the symbol of Glendor, like oh, like his, his like um sigil sort of thing. Yeah, they're on his like shields and stuff. Yeah, and so it kind of ties in that way. Um. So there's also um, a few other characters that I've called already. What am I saying? <laughs> Blue and Ronan and... Blue is the daughter of a psychic, but she's not psychic. Yeah. She um, she makes things louder for psychics. Oh, like, so she's like a... Like she's a... like a transmitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, or a conductor. Energy flows through her and is made louder. For the actual people to actually yes. psychic. So she's very good to have around in a house full of psychics where she lives. Because she makes everything easier for them to read and say yeah. And, and um, she has been told by everyone around her, all the psychics in her life, which is a lot, that if she ever kisses her true love, she'll die. Oh, that's... That's nice to hear. That's what every, that's what every girl <laughs> Ever wants to hear. Ever since she was little, that's what she's been told that sounds, by ex- every psychic. That's, that's exactly what every girl <laughs> wants to hear is the moment they kiss their true love. That and she hasn't been that bothered by it until she got older and then she's like, oh, I don't care. So just avoid boys altogether kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her. Really, I don't blame her. Um, so, so one day at the start of The Raven Boys, she is accompany well, she accompanies her mother every year to this old church which is abandoned and every year on this one day, um oh, there's ley lines. There's a ley line that goes through Henry. I think I remember this vaguely. So there's Wasn't there meeting a ghost or something. Yeah, yeah. So the ley line is also called the corpse road. There's lots oh, of different lovely. names for it. Lovely. Because ghosts walk along it. Yeah. And so every year she goes with her mother and they and her mother can see the ghosts walking along the, the corpse road, except that 
ley lines are funny with time and the ghosts are actually people who are going Future. to die that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So she sees all these people walking past and they're people who are not dead yet. But like they, they will be. Yeah. And she asks them all their names so that she can write down their names and tell them in person that they're going to die. Not that... Not that they really believe her, because, because yeah. imagine someone coming up to you and saying, oh, you're going <laughs> to die this year, like... Yeah, oh, that would be... But, you know, yeah. just in case they will believe her, then they can, you know, kind of sort out their life, whatever they've mm. collected it. So, Blue goes along with her this year, and she sees her first ghost, and it's Gansey. Of course it is. The guy looking for Glendale. And... Yeah, and the only reason that she would be able to see a ghost, because she's not psychic, is if she killed him or if he's her true love. And technically... It could be both. both. Yeah, it's both. <laughs> Especially with that prophecy sort of thing that yeah. she's got going on. Exactly. God. So... It, may, it does. It makes me really, really want to go back and actually properly read it. It's, um, it's quite a strong start. Yeah, no, especially like right right at the beginning because yeah. I think I remember reading that much and going okay yeah I like this but I think I also had to do other things at the time and just never pick the book up yeah, again fair enough. and I think like the whole true love thing can be a bit wishy-washy as well yeah because I was sort of hesitant to start it but it's really not not about a bit, that at yeah all. which is nice because I think one of my problems with young adult novels especially in the past few years is that a lot of them are very, very romance-heavy. Yeah. And while I like that a bit, in some cases I don't want it to be the main sort of focus of the actual story no. or the character's exactly. main focus. I like it when there's this whole story and then on the side, oh, yeah, there's yeah. some romance. That's, that's, that's always nice. Yeah. But I feel like it's too heavily pushed. Sometimes I feel like it's very um prioritized. Yeah. With young adult novels, and it can get tiring. Like sometimes I get excited when I read a book and I think there's no romance in it. I'm like, oh, this is refreshing. Yeah. And then there's romance. Well, I I can't remember what it was called, but it was a beautifully um like illustrated cover that I picked up the other week um at an op shop, and it looked absolutely amazing. I think it had something to do with ravens as well, um. I looked at the, the blurb on the back and I'm like, oh, why does it have to be like, yeah. you know, this boy and this girl and their true love? And I'm like, just make it about plot and story and yeah. world building and character building, but don't have romance be the centre of every single yeah. book that I don't bring like, out. I don't like picking up a book and it's on the back, it's like, oh, this, this girl, she like... It's all this magical stuff going on, and and it's all this mystery, and yeah, and it sounds like oh, this sounds awesome, and then it's this dark, mysterious guy. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> like sometimes no, I'm it back on the shelf. <laughs> sometimes there is definitely a time and a place for yeah. that, but not every second. It reminds me of the Avril Lavigne song. She was a boy, she was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, like sometimes I'm a sucker for that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so and, am I. And it's really. Some of it's really, really good. But when it's every book that you pick up... Yeah, it gets it gets quite tiring. Yeah. Um, it just... There is so much more to explore, like friendships or just 
like family or things like that that don't have to be necessarily centered around romance or romantic tension or romantic issues and fighting and true love and who cares if they're true love like (laughs) friendship I I want more books about friendship and friends going on adventures and not falling in love and and like going back to their true love rather than I think it makes for more interesting dynamics in the books as well yeah. when it's not just romance. And I really love when the characters all just, like, get along as friends. Yeah. Like, in this book series, in The Raven Cycle, like, they're all just this big group of friends. Which is nice. And it's, it's lovely. Like, a couple of them, yeah, do get together, but... It's not sort it's of... It's really natural. It's not yeah. like when you're reading a book and it's, like, right from the start they see each other. And oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, it's like it's like the Edward Beller effect exactly. sort of thing. As soon as you see them, you go all crazy. Yeah. And then there's, then there's no chemistry awesome. because it's it's only about the romance. Yeah. I feel like you have to build friendship first for friendship. It to be yeah, no, friendship has to be. And for there to be chemistry. Yeah. And I feel like this has ventured into relationship <laughs> advice. No, but like yeah, you have to, especially in sort of books, and if it's if it's a series, you don't want it to be right away it has to sort of grow naturally yeah and that's what i like about this series is that yes it does have romance but it's very it's very natural and very different to other most other books in the Mm -hmm. genre in adult genre so yeah it's it's just yeah it's 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 nice it's my favorite book series (laughs) and i'm reminded of that at the moment because this well, and the second one is my favourite in the series as well. And it's mostly about Ronan. Oh, yeah, no. Who doesn't really have much um, development or focus in the first book. Which is nice <clears> to know that there is an actual series about him now. I know. I can't wait to read it. I cannot wait. But at the same time, I don't want to get to that because then there'll be no more to read. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's nice knowing there's still a book I haven't is the read. New, is the new one going to be a duology or a trilogy? Trilogy, I think. That will which be I'm very really nice. Yeah. yeah. And More uh, Ronan for everyone. <laughs> yes. And he was my favourite character from the start. And, well, which is weird because he's, he's a bit of a prick. <laughs> I, I, I kind of have a story about Ronan um, and that sort of thing. I, when I actually started reading it years ago, yeah. I really liked his character. But obviously I didn't finish the book. But for my birthday that year that I started reading it, Mum bought me that one of those alpaca plushies. Yeah. A rainbow one, and I called it Ronan. Yeah. Still got him. It's massive, but he's yeah. A rainbow alpaca. Ronan of alpaca. <laughs> um, I think, I think there's something just intriguing about his character. It's like, why is he such an asshole? Like, why, <laughs> why, <laughs> why does he say these? things that he does and it's like why is he the way he is yes, if you want to know more and anyway but so spoilers if you don't haven't read the series <laughs> this whole this whole podcast is spoilers <laughs> honestly um, do you know much about his character like, not really no because i haven't read it in years and i, I hadn't really <laughs> finished the first book so it's kind of so Make it as non-spoilery for as possible. I'm just not if you sure because it's it's a fairly not because it's it's not a, it, it's hard to say if it's a spoiler or not because it's it's such a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Just say it if you want to. But do you know you're like why the this series that she's writing is based off of him? No. Maybe I shouldn't. No, uh, I'll I'll get around to reading all the books and then we can. All right, yeah, because I don't want to spoil it for you because it's it's pretty big. So there's this thing that happens right right at the end of the first book, where he he tells them a secret about himself, and they're like, and well, they don't really have time to react. It's literally because it's right at the end on of the, the book. last page, and then you're like, oh crap, what? Like, <laughs> where's the next book? I must read it. And then this book is all about him and what he said to them at the end. Okay. Because it's pretty big. Okay. And I will have to read it and get back to you on that and, so um, we can discuss. Oh, it's in the title. It's their hint. It's, it's dreams. It's about dreams. Yeah. But I won't say any more than that because I... Yeah, I won't yeah no, that's it. good. That's good. <laughs> so... Yeah, I really love this book because it focuses about him and his story and then his family and everything. Um, I'm nodding. I, I'm nodding. <laughs> Just have to keep saying I'm nodding. I'm nodding. I'm nodding. Yes, I'm nodding. This is me nodding. <laughs> My um, nodding noise. What was I going to say? <laughs> about him and his family and... Um, it gives you a lot more insight into his mind and... Okay. Why, why he is the way he is, which is yeah, really solidified him as one of my favorite characters. So, and I remember this series, this book being my favorite in the series, because I can't really remember much after this book for some reason. <laughs> I I think I think also that at the time when the Dream Thieves came out, um, there was a massive hype around it. As I read well. it a few years after it came. Yeah, out, right? but like when the last book was The Raven King. Mm. When that kind of came out, I didn't actually hear a whole lot about it. I saw a bit about it on Goodreads. And but, like, about. not... I don't know if it's because I was out of watching booktube videos at the yeah. time, but I don't remember there being a whole lot about it. I remember a lot about, like, the Raven Boys, Blue Lily, Lily Blue, Dream Thieves, but I don't actually remember there being... It's really strange. It's yeah. Like, it's almost like the book's been erased from history and we've all forgotten it. It's like, what <laughs> yeah. happened to it? And that's why I'm rereading it, because I would go and just reread... I mean, I would go and just read the series that she's just put out, like, yeah. that rumor, but... What, what's it called again? Something about the hawk. Call Down the Hawk. Yeah. I, I knew it had something to do with the bird, of <laughs> some description. I can remember about one scene from the last book mm. with fair amount of detail but that, not much else I about it i cannot remember what happens to the characters at the end what they decide yeah. to go on with their lives i cannot remember how it all wraps up which is <laughs> i mean it's probably a good thing it's good because, because you can actually just it, do it again not yeah remembering a thing about what happens next so, <laughs> so it's good um which is probably why i'm enjoying it so much it's because it's not quite in your mind as much as what it's all foggy so. yeah which is <laughs> about it because I don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, fair enough. Fair I'll enough. Just say it's it's very very good and in my mind. <laughs> I think it's the atmosphere that she creates. Um she's very good at making it seem dreamlike and um sort of like whimsical and that sort of thing. Whimsical but real? Yeah, no that's a I like that. It's very real. 
like you imagine sort of set in based set in the real sort of reality you imagine that Henrietta is a real place and you could go there and these characters would be there oh yeah it's just yeah it's beautiful and (laughs) I love it so much (laughs) (laughs) I just love it and there's something that she keeps touching on is this feeling of longing oh yeah throughout well I can't remember if she keeps with it throughout the next books but in the first two um for Gansey and Blue who are the main characters technically there's there's this sense of longing of wanting to be something more of Mm. wanting something more out of life in a way yeah and like for Blue she kind of wants to believe that she's important or special yeah because she's she's a normal person in a house full of psychics like she, she's always felt like she has to try to be special. In yeah, a way. yeah. Like she has to try and be different and... Um, Stand out from the sort of... Yeah, to be in, more interesting, I suppose. Yeah. Like she doesn't want to be normal, which she is. Yeah. Kind of like. Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you live with the psychics... Yeah, and yeah exactly. Like, yeah, you'd be a bit... And Gansey, on the other hand, he's, like, really rich and he can have... Whatever. Anything yeah. he wants, any wife he wants, any friends that he wants, basically. But he, yeah, I think he he's going on this quest because he wants he to wants, be something different. He wants something out of life, but he wants to put something back as well. I think. I think there was a part in the Raven Boys where he talked about um, having a head start. Oh yeah, like because of his wealth and everything, and, and he he realizes upbringing. that he's got privilege. Yeah, he realizes that he's, yeah, he's got more than what most people do. So he should be using it for good. Yeah, I mean it's nice to actually hear about, even if it's a fictional character, yeah. that um, got that sort of, they that they know that they have privilege and that they can do something with it to help people. And it is a really interesting thing because all the characters come from different backgrounds as well. Like there's um, Adam who's poor, but he goes to Aglindy, which is a rich school. Mm. And he, because he wants that life, he wants yeah. to be rich and successful and he's working really hard to try and get it. Yeah. And then Ronan, who has like everything you could want, but he kind of treats it like nothing in mm. a way, like he throws it around and... And it's interesting to see how they all kind of play against each other and how they see each other based on these, like, you know, the ways that they interact and stuff. Yeah. How their lives are different. Yeah. And it just feels so real. Which is nice because that's what, like, a lot of schools in real life are is an amalgamation of different people from different backgrounds. Even if you're at, like, a private school there is people on scholarships or bursaries or like people who have been their families gone to that school for generations or that sort of thing which is nice to sort of like the reality versus the fiction but the fiction is the reality yeah i think it makes it easier to believe the magical parts of it because mm, it's so real in other aspects yeah, when the rest of it feels so fleshed out and and real and it feels like she's just taught us everything like yeah which is nice because you get some particular stories that have certain parts really really fleshed out but sort of forgone 
Yeah. Normality. Yeah. Or you can tell sometimes where they weren't really thinking about it. Thinking about yeah. it too much or or there's characters who act out of character and you think, well, why would they do this? Yeah, it's not all that you yeah. just said about them. And it's not within their nature to seemingly act this exactly. way. Or if you don't, you can't seem to get a feel for the character at all. Yeah. With this, it feels, yeah, you'll understand why they do all the things that they do. Mm-hmm. And that just feels really immersive. And it's just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I would... If I ever do get around to, you know, writing stories, I would love to be able to write the way she does. Love to share that. So. <laughs> She's a fantastic inspiration for actual yeah. aspiring authors, which is nice as well. Because she interacts pretty well with her fans she too, does. So, which, yeah. is, which is really nice. I used to follow her on Tumblr back when I had Tumblr. <laughs> back and when Tumblr was actually usable. Back when it was a thing. <laughs> And um, she used to answer a lot of questions from people on there, especially about writing. And yeah, because I, I think I remember a comment she made ages back um, that she was going to be writing a new series and people were like, oh, is it going to be about Ronan? Like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I think it might be, which was really cool. And she's got some very good advice and stuff about yeah. writing. I think actually, just in general, I want to be her when I get older. <laughs> she's got the life to be honest. I think she's got like you a just farm. want to be Maggie Stevarda. She rides horses and <laughs> she's an artist as well. Yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah. like pretty good to me. So <laughs> goal in life, be Maggie Stevarda. So, um, do you want to start talking about? Yeah, like, so um, I feel like I've been going on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm currently I'm the sort of person that picks up. A book and then goes right I want to read this but I also want to read like 10 other books at the same time yeah because I can't just sit down and read one book um so currently one of the books I'm reading is The Assassination of Brangwain Spurge by M.T. Anderson and Eugene Yelchin um I picked this up because the cover looked absolutely fantastic um at the library and it's I'm only a bit into it, not too far, but so far there's a character called Werfel, and Werfel is this sort of welcoming goblin who tries his best to help Brangwain Spurge around the goblin, uh, I want to say goblin world, goblin town sort of place, because Brangwain is an elf and he's been basically slingshotted into this world as sort of both an undercover mission and a sort of diplomatic mission. Oh, yeah. Um, and I can't really say much more about it other than the fact that I haven't read all of it so far, but what I've read so far is absolutely fascinating and it's really, really funny. Like it's written really, really like humorously, and every single chapter that it's from Brangwain's, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, uh, perspective, is illustrated rather than written. Whereas if it's from Werfel or some of the other characters, it's written. So there is a ton of illustrations in here. So how does that read? 
like is it well it's does it make enough sense to it makes enough sense that you kind of you gotta you get enough perspective from werfel or from like the letters that are being sent from one of the other characters like the elves like the letters being sent from those characters and from werfel's perspective you get enough sort of understanding of the situation yeah because Brangwen does speak, but he doesn't speak in his perspective. Yeah. It's always just in the, well, at least so far, in in the um, perspectives of Werfel. Um, but no, the illustration, it kind of reminds me of something you see out of like a medieval bestiary. Yeah. It's that sort of illustration style. And I can't stop just opening it and looking at the illustrations because they're fantastic. Um, cause on like one of the first pages, there is just an ear and it's just like on black and it's a white ear and it's really beautifully done. Um, so that's one of the books I'm currently reading of the, I think it's like five on my Goodreads because there's one that I'm reading is, um, by Marcus Aurelius, who was an emperor of Rome yeah. and it's called Meditations. And I was really enjoying it, but you, <laughs> the thing about classics and especially like if they're being translated from like Greek, like ancient Greek or even Latin or like even like hieroglyphs from ancient Egypt is that the in, there's like a preface and there's an introduction and there's like another introduction mm -hmm. because there's been several editions and there's been revising of like the translations and things like that. And I swear this introduction went for like 30 pages. Oh. And I was like, I just want to read what Marcus Aurelius is thinking. I don't really care so much about the mistranslations <laughs> or the differing understandings of one translator from the other. Even though they're absolutely fascinating. But I just wanted to read these meditations. <laughs> I just wanted to read what he thought. Um, and there's actually a quote that I find really, really funny. I don't remember it specifically, but um, it was something about books and if you own too many books or read too many books, then you're like dull or something. What? And I found that absolutely hilarious. I don't think that's like specificity, but like it's so funny because I read a lot more than what I used to, but I also read so many books when I was younger mm. and then I stopped for a bit. So I find it really kind of funny that I picked up this book because I'm like, oh yeah, I really just want to read something by a Roman emperor. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, books, no good. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm reading this in a book. <laughs> to be fair to him though, he didn't set out to actually write a book. It was his, basically his journal oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, from like his varying campaigns that he was doing around the empire. Um, and there's some really, really weird and funny sort of little, like, anecdotes in there. Um, and, and, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, but it's, you can tell that he was definitely a product of his time. Yeah. Um, in a way that some things, like, written about how, with women and obviously, like, barbarians and Christianity and, like, it's very... Roman. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, there's some things in there you go, right, okay, thanks about that. 
books. Yeah, like, it's just, it was, I reckon that was on, like, the first couple of, like, pages of the actual meditations. Yeah. Got that, and I just broke down laughing, because, like, this is great! Um, but no, it's also really, really interesting, because most of them, as I said, are written from him when he was doing campaigning, and they're sort of more, like, a normal, everyday sort of citizen because he wrote them in ancient Greek. He didn't actually write them in Latin. And by I'm pretty sure by this point in time in the Empire, like ancient Greek was kind of falling out of favour right. with especially, well, I mean, kind of everyone. And Latin was being sort of, right, this is the thing now. Like, Latin is the yeah. thing. Um, so the fact that he wrote all of these in ancient Greek showed obviously his education and the fact that he was really really well learned but yeah um he was trying to he didn't from his readings and stuff like that he didn't necessarily want or like the emperorship he was sort of at least that's what i get from the way that he's written he wanted more to be seen as the people rather yeah, than yeah this this figure that people would yeah at least i mean that's that's what i'm sort of getting from some of the things that he's written because um there's a lot about like the common folk in some of the writings which is really really cool um another one that i read because i've read a few so far um I'm just picking up the book now because it's under the pile. <laughs> no, it's by Neil Gaiman, um, and it was illustrated by Chris Riddell. It's called Art Matters by Cause Your Imagination Can Change the World. Um, I, I was looking up, I was in the library and I was looking for books about how to write stories, basically. Yeah. And this was in there. And it's sort of a compilation of varying, I don't want to say the poems they're definitely not poems but they're sort of miniature essays written by Neil Gaiman yeah. um there's one two three four of them I had to count them because they're yeah um from 2015 2012 2011 2013 um they're sort of lectures more so um and they're really, really good, like really interesting, and the illustrations really do just sort of bring them to life. It's a really, really short book, but I'm really glad I picked it up, even though I got it at the library, read it in the car, got home, and finished it. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, right, yeah, I should probably take this back now. Um, I've read a few more. I did listen to an audio book by it was one of the LibriVox ones um, and it was The Book of Wonder by Lord Dancy and apparently Lord Dancy inspired Tolkien in some regards it's a book of short stories that are I want to say his language is very very flowery yeah. it's very sort of descriptive and yeah you can see Tolkien inspiration like he got his inspiration from some of this stuff but some of the like what really drew me in was the fact that the book cover was the sphinx's head yeah i was like oh this looks really interesting um 
and I listened to it on double speed because I was like, this is going to take forever. It took like, I reckon, two hours for the entire book. It's really? not it's not a long book. Yeah, it's not um, long But it's fascinating from that sort of time period with the really, really flowery, metaphoric sort of descriptive language to now where they're just kind of, in in some regards, obviously not all, it's not as flourished. Yeah, yeah. I, I was doing a wave movement <laughs> with my hand because I couldn't think of a word, but it's not a sort of flowy poetry. Yeah. Poetic, um, poetic sort of language, which was interesting because obviously I wasn't reading it myself. Um, I was listening to it being read to me, but I think it was easier to have it read to me rather than reading it myself because yeah. otherwise it kind of... Could have been a bit of a... It would probably... Uh, it'd be one of those books where I pick it up, read a bit, put down, forget, find it again, pick it up, yeah. read it. Like, Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I either, I'm either the person that will sit down, read a book in one sitting, or I will sit down, read it, and weeks later I will finish it. <laughs> There's another also, I, yeah, I'm reading a few books. Toil and Trouble, it's a, um, a compilation of stories that I picked up um, a couple of years, was it a year ago? I think it came out in 2018. Um, picked it up and was like, oh yeah, no, this looks really, really interesting. It's because it's a compilation of short stories by varying different authors. Mm. There are some that I like more than others and others that I'm like, I can't read this, I'm not enjoying this, yeah, no, no, I'm just no. going to go to the next story. Did it have a theme? Um, well, it was all about witches and oh. varying um, how people treated witches or how witches were treated or um, like set in varying worlds. Because there was one that I really, really enjoyed that I for the life of me cannot remember the name of at the moment. But um, it was set in, I'm pretty sure it was one of the witch trials right. and she was a midwife and they she got caught but she'd given a book to her assistant who she got caught saving a baby's life yeah um and so the assistant also became a witch and raised the baby and named her after the one that got caught which was really really nice because that was more historically based on what some like what places things like that actually happened and then there was another one that was that I really really enjoyed that was set in sort of a world fantasy world where there was this university and there was this particular goddess or god that was sort of taboo because of something that had happened previously um, and this particular one was the only one that was it they gave out high priestess status to this particular people that worshipped she would have had it but because of what had happened previously yeah. they didn't anymore and I just I wanted more I wanted a full book of yeah. what happened in that sort of thing um I don't want to call it the rapture but it was kind of like this goddess caused mass murder and yeah. chaos or at least her followers did and that's why her name was kind of dragged through the mud um but no that story was so good and I wanted an entire book about just that 
Did you save the old circuit money for that? No, I haven't. I'm going to, <laughs> but yeah. It's really, really good. It is hard with um, anthologies and collections mm. and stuff to rate it as a whole because, yeah, because some stories are definitely much better than others. Because mm. um, I picked up another book by, I'm pretty sure it's the same company that did that particular um, collection. Um, and it is called, where is it? I'm on my Goodreads app at the moment. Uh, it's in my want to reads. Like the internet reads. Uh-huh. Nope, nope, nope. Too many books. Aha, uh-huh. all out. The no longer secret stories of queer teens throughout the ages. Yeah. I picked that up at the library. It's got a beautiful cover. That really is really beautiful cover. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's it's either edited by the same person that edited Toil and Trouble, or it's got at least some of the same authors as Toil and Trouble. So, I'm not sure if I'm going to enjoy it, or if I'm going to be mixed feelings about it like I am with Toil and Trouble. (laughs) Yeah, so it's Toil and Trouble, um, and yeah, Toil and Trouble 15 Tales of Women and witchcraft but it's technically it says it's by Tess Sharp um, and then the other one is the All Out All Out All Out the No Longer Secret Stories of Queer Teens throughout the ages so yeah that's, that's what I'm currently reading at the moment amongst some other things like the book of slow that is technically mum's book but i picked it up because there's a section about beach combing in there and yeah. i want to go beach combing because it looks like fun i want to see if i can find any sea glass because sea glass is really pretty um and then there's a book that i've been seeing in bookshops and like kmart and all big w like all of the big sort of places um about anxiety the one with the octopus on the front cover the yeah. blue one um, picked one of those up and it's I'm only a few pages in but I keep having to put it down because it keeps setting off my anxiety yeah. and I don't know if I want to finish it it's, it's a bit counterproductive yeah think. it's a book about how she's been able to sort of get through her anxiety but it yeah. keeps setting mine off Yeah. so I don't think I'm going to finish that which is probably a good thing that I didn't pay full price for it because I picked up an op shop <laughs> for like two dollars or something. And someone else probably didn't want it. Yeah. Like I mean, the cover is absolutely gorgeous, and I'm pretty sure there's probably some nice advice in it, but it's sort of wading through all of the triggering right. stuff. Is it more like her describing very it's, things? It's it's her to... sort of journey and how what she's gone through and what she's tried to make out of her own anxiety and how she's tried to push through it um there was a part in it that she was she went to a psychologist or a therapist or whoever and then she was on medication and then she stopped going to the therapist and stopped her medication and she got worse and just kind of like snowballed and then it went back and forth back and forth 
medication therapist stop Mm -hmm. like it just sort of yeah I'm not sure if I'm going to finish that purely because of I keep setting it off and I don't really want to be any more anxious and (laughs) normal so if you're not getting anything yeah I just like how it looks it's a really pretty Mm -hmm. cover and blue and hard cover and yeah good cover that's a really good idea. <laughs> if you like the covers and not what's in it, then hmm. I'll I'll see if I can. It. Yeah, see if I can get anything like out of it anymore. If if not, yes, I will make book art out of it. It almost ought to be sacrilege for us to be able to destroy books art, but it's, <laughs> no. But like, it's, it's a thing not. people have been doing for years and years. So, yeah, <laughs> when in doubt, and you own the book. Yeah. And it's not from the library. <laughs> and it's not rare. <laughs> and it's not a rare book. Or expensive. Or expensive. Probably. Then go for it. Make as much art as you want. Because some would say that books are art. I definitely do. I would say that. But if it's not art to you, then make it art to you. Even if it is art, make it better art. Better art, yeah. <laughs> More visual art. Turn it into an octopus. <laughs> you have been listening to the mad ramblings of two former art students. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, true. Um, so thank you for listening to the first episode of Matcha and Chai. Uh, I'm Melinda. I'm Esther. Uh, and thank you once again for listening. <laughs>